welcome to episode 13, unlucky number 13 episode of Eden Camp Podcast. Um, we're here joined again with Frank, our site and restorations manager. Welcome, Frank. Good afternoon. Currently, Frank is suffering from a blocked nose, so if he sounds completely different to normal, then that'll be That's why. made me sound great, hasn't it? You come here with a snotty nose. Well, I didn't say snotty. I think I've just got a voice for radio today. Perfect. Perfect. So, we are coming up to the end of the season. Um, give us some of your reflections of the season gone. Yeah, so this year, 2022, mm. has it been a fairly lumpy odd year for everyone, hasn't it? There have been lots of ups and downs. Um, and really, I think probably it's been a very exciting year and the recovery has been fairly good, hasn't it? Yeah, I think we've introduced plenty of new things this year and we've had some great feedback on it. Yeah, this is the first year we've ever been able to open our new heritage hall. We've been on show people moving vehicles for the first time at Eden Camp in our little arena that we made. Um, we've made our nice little airfield at the front, which I think people have enjoyed um, sitting and reflecting. And we've also recreated that Prison Row War Castle, so everyone seems to have uh, taken well to the new developments. Of course, we've also been very busy looking after the place over winter last year. We've put some new roofs on, some new windows in, some new doors on, and all that, that sounds like a, a bit of a throwaway comment. We're talking kind of 14 new roofs, which is, you know, a fair amount. Basically, we closed um, all the way from kind of November all the way until April opening, and we worked non-stop um, seven days a week to get the developments done. Yeah, bless, bless me. <laughs> it wasn't me. It was a lot of uh, really great subcontractors from our local economy that actually have become good friends of ours now um, who have worked very hard to, to make sure that Eden Camp's kept up to the standard we like to keep it up to. Um, so yeah, it's been quite a quite an interesting and exciting time. And when I was talking about the replacement of windows, to, to put it into some kind of scale, every hut has 14 windows, um, and we've done over half the site. So we've done over 15 or 16 huts worth. So it's, it's a fair undertaking. I mean, the sheer amount of glass, we were getting deliveries of like 470 pieces of glass before you even get going with the place. You know, and, and we've had a, a really good team of joiners that have, have come to put those in for us. Because, of course, we've kept them wooden. Um, we would love to. <laughs> You've got to keep these things nice and, and, and original if you can. Wooden windows is what Eden Camp had. So no double glazing then? No double glazing, no, not at all. Um, no UPVC. Uh, none of that <laughs> stuff. We've we've fitted and bespoke made windows to, to fit our huts. Um, and we've also kept them wooden, as we've said. But also this year, we've returned them to how the, the format was for the windows when it was a prisoner of war camp. So Eden Camp, as you'll know, if you've listened to the podcast before with Nick, it was um, a prisoner of war camp, of course. And to that end, it had four glazed units in the middle of a window, and then two sheets of board either side. Post-war, so after that, um, the windows were ripped out, and to let more light into the huts, eight panes of glass were put in. So the two bits of board were replaced with glass so you could see through like a normal window that everyone would expect to see. Um, and this year, we've returned them back to the prisoner of war. Um, setting so the same format as it would have been in 1941 now you want me to talk some more I'll carry on <laughs> I was very engrossed and I was trying to think and picture the different windows because <coughs> I know some of them have got boards and some of them don't and I can't remember if they're supposed to have boards some of them or they're the old ones that haven't been replaced no, so they yet. all had boards yeah absolutely they all had right. boards the only the only difference 
um, that you we don't have, the prisoners might have had, is bars. So we have no bars on our windows. Um, you can see the bars from Eden Camp that were on prison huts um, on our sentry boxes. On the sentry boxes at the entrance to the camp, um, those bars originally came off one of our prison huts. Um, so they are still around them, but we don't put those back on. And mainly because we don't have them, they've been lost. Uh, not by us, I might add, but someone, uh, probably when they put the eight panes of glass in to make the eight pane units, mm-hmm. um, they took those off for a fairly obvious reason. We're not the friendliest looking thing, I don't suppose. No, and the mannequins aren't going anywhere, are they? Well, you never know. Spooky goings on. <laughs> we'll see, won't we? Nice segue. <laughs> Um, so, projects coming up then? Good question. We've got the Sherman done now. Um, the Sherman's gone down, and this is the Sherman's first year of kind of being displayed properly as a running, moving, restored vehicle. And I'm glad to say it's gone down very well. Um, it went down to Tankfest, and it was faultless, really. It, it did very well for itself. It didn't break down, it didn't let us down. And moreover, everyone understood the very unique um, colour scheme and restoration that we've put into it. Because I was a little, it books a trend a little bit, does our Sherman. Um, it's not what you'd expect to see from a, a World War II vehicle. So I was very pleased with that. Um, and in fact, next month, I think coming up, we will be the front page and main feature of the classic military vehicle magazine. So that's quite a good coup for us as well. And next month being which month? Good Bearing question. In mind, I have no coming idea. Out in October. So it will be October. You will be able to read it this right now. Woo! Um, so yeah, the Sherman's done very well for itself, and now that we've done that big one and learned our lessons and cut our teeth, um, we're hoping to start another one of the tanks for Eden Campone, and, and to that end we're talking about the Crocodile. Um, lots of you will know the Crocodile. It's fairly famous. It's a very, very famous British tank. And for those who don't know about it. Okay, so the Crocodile is a British tank, <laughs> as we were going. Um, and it's famous because it was a Hobart's funny. Hobart was a tank designer, World War Two, and basically it was his job to design weird and wonderful ways of doing different things. So he made tanks that would swim and float, tanks that would destroy mines, so big flail tanks they're called. Is this the one that breathes fire? Yes, this is the one that breathes why fire. Why isn't it called a dragon? Good question. Why isn't it called a dragon? No one knows. I have no idea why it's called a crocodile. Probably because it's a bit snappy. Um, (laughs) I don't know why it's called a crocodile I don't think anyone does There'll be a reason Um, It can't be called a dragon Because it has to begin with C So you'll know that British tanks begin with letter C Yeah Okay Even even today We begin with C Harriet's now going to name us a modern British tank Beginning with C Mm. C C-H-A-L-L-E-N Challenger Yeah you've done it (gasps) So we're still carrying on that trend. Um, so it couldn't be a dragon because it began with D, and that would be wrong. It has to begin with C. Um, but the Croc's famous because, yeah, it's it's a flamethrower tank. Um, and it, to that end, has a trailer full of fuel that it tows about. Uh, so a very, very strange-looking thing on the battlefield. Don't expect to see a tank towing a trailer around, or a Bowser, I should call it. Um, but also, like I said, Hobart designed crazy swimming things uh, again which we think our our Sherman was part of uh, not Hobart's funny in particular but certainly a Fording tank um, so it's lots of history and the two are intertwined really and so when restoring the crocodile are you hoping to restore the fire breathery bit too so we do have the fire breathery bit as we're <laughs> going to call it 
Um, and it's a very, very simple system. It's basically a spark plug. And what happens is the fuel from the petrol engines of the vehicle is pumped to the end nozzle. A spark plug lights that fuel, so you create a flame. And that flame lights the Bowser fuel that's pumped all the way through the tank um, and then is spat out. Um, it's not petrol. Everyone thinks it's petrol that comes out of the Bowser. It's not. It's called flame gel. Uh, flame gel's very, 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 very sticky. And that sounds really weird. But of course, to, to make something burn properly, you really need to throw a flame at it that sticks to it. Um, a horrible way to go, of course. Mm. And to that end, it's kind of oil and diesel and a little bit of petrol, but also polystyrene. Um, and the polystyrene's a bit that makes it kind of stick to people. So it's not the nicest, um, nicest of things. And that's what's pumped out. And, and it, is that in the trailer right now? So we don't have the trailer. If anyone's got the trailer, send me it. I'll buy it. <laughs> um, we don't have a trailer. The trailers are very few and far between. Um, our crocodile came from somewhere called the Pounds Scrapyard down in Southampton. Um, nearly all the crocodiles that recovered back to Britain ended up at Pounds in Southampton in a very poor state. Um, it's a disposal site. And they were left. And ours, we think, we don't know, I should say, we reckon... Um, it was recovered from pounds to a different collection. We don't know who, and then ended up as a gate guardian at a barracks. Um, finally ended up at Eden Camp. Um, and it's forever home. Yeah, it's forever home. Funnily, a funny story is there's no record of us receiving it. Um, oh. We don't know where the croc came from. <laughs> it must have just turned up one morning and someone's gone, oh, that's good luck. Um, so we don't know where the croc came from. Again, all this research and all this backstory is really what sets us apart. Um, the Sherman story, again, is famous because of the, the level of detail from 1942 all the way up to 1984. Um, and we have to do this before we start the restoration of a crocodile because if you're not careful, you can end up losing bits of that story because you can cut them off and grime them off and, and destroy them without realising what you're taking to bits. So we need to do all the research first and that's part of our restoration process. So that's really what we're doing at the moment is trying to find that little bit of story out Um We've broken into it, which was a first task. To break into a tank isn't very easy, especially not when they're seized up and, and being outside for a long time. Um, and when we got in, we were quite pleasantly surprised. Um, although it's obviously been outdoors, there's still stenciling that survives and original markings and paint that survives. So we've got a good colour reference, a good um, location reference for stencil marks and so forth. Um, there's a steering wheel in there. So there's, there's bits that work. Um, certainly bits that don't work, don't get me wrong. Mm. Um, so it is fair. We've even found some of the fuel pipe from the Bowser. Um, so there's lots of little hints that everything's kind of hopefully going to work. The biggest unknown at the minute is the engine in the crocodile. We know there's no gearbox. Um, Harriet's now gone and left me because she's like, he's talking mechanics and talking rubbish. But no, basically, there's no, there's no gearbox. Um, as in there isn't one in there or there's not supposed to be one? No, there's no, there's not one in there. There's definitely supposed to be one. <laughs> right. Um, it doesn't go anywhere without a gearbox. Might be a pedal car. Um, people have robbed that because it's pretty much worth the scrap value. Right. Um, it's a good thing to have. I've recovered it for the use of another vehicle. Um, and we have to have a better look at the engine that's in it at the minute. Um, we, to do that, we need to take the turret off because the turret's seized. Um, so we can't spin the turret so that we can look and open the engine deck so we can get a proper look at the engine. So we've got a bit of work ahead of us. Mm -hmm. um, to take the turret off, we have to undo all the bolts and the ring, and they're fairly well in. So at the minute, we're talking to them nicely with a big hammer and a big bar um, to take them off. But we'll see. 
something will happen. <laughs> Whatever that may be. <laughs> the good news is we can move it because that was the hardest part of, of the whole thing was to get it down to where we could work in it. But it doesn't move by itself. Right? It certainly doesn't move by itself. But now we have a tank, we can pull it about. So we've been quite lucky that we've done the Sherman first. Because if we'd done it the other way around and we tried to fix a croc first, we wouldn't be able to. We wouldn't have been able to proceed because we have no facility to move it. Mm. So the Sherman looks after us, really. Yeah, again, we've also got the T thirty four coming back, haven't we? Yeah, fairly soon. Coming back from when? Yeah, the T thirty four has been at track fix. Um, with a guy called Baz. Um, it has undergone a full restoration, so basically he's taken exactly the same thing that we would do. Take it to bits, take the turrets off, take everything out, fix everything, put it all back in and paint it while you're at it. Um, and that is now painted and complete. Baz has now got to the external part of the T-34, so he's literally got to kind of tidy her up a bit. Um, and then she'll be ready for back. So next year, so in 2023, we'll have two working tanks. We'll have a T-34 and a Sherman. Um, I wonder which will win the old... Oh, mm. that'll be interesting, won't it? Definitely Sherman. Gotta mm. be. I don't know. We'll see, will we? She's bigger, isn't she? So, yeah, but it's heavier, certainly. Mm. Doesn't always mean it's going to win, though. Oh, I think you should have a race. A race might be a good idea. It'll be quite fun. Um, so, for the remainder of the season, what have we got coming up? So, for the remainder of the season, we've got... Um, all sorts going on for half term, which the dates are, Harriet, what dates are half term? The last week in October. Well, the last week in October. So the kind of a big hurrah before we close, isn't it, for the year? Um, we've got veg vegetable carving, so you can kind of do like pumpkins, but maybe a little bit more World War Two theme, because we might not do pumpkins. We might do something a little bit more difficult to, uh, to carve. Parents, you'll know what we're talking about. Everyone's ever tried to carve a swede. Um, they know it's really not the easiest <laughs> thing. So, um, we'll I see. want to try and make a clarinet out of a carrot. That's going to. You want be to my, do what? I want to make a clarinet out of a carrot. I think that'll be really, really difficult, but also really fun. Try and make musical instruments rather than just carving a spooky face. There's not many things that leave me speechless, and that's one of them. You want oh. to make a clarinet out of carrot? Yeah, I think it'd be really cool, practical use. So as in well. that case, I'm going to challenge you <laughs> that for the next podcast. You should play your carrot clarinet <laughs> live for us, okay. or however. Deal. All right, what are you going to play? What song? I think it'd have to be something classic, like Three Blind Mice or something. Right, Three Blind Mice. And if you win, I'll give you a tank driving lesson. Can it be something that I want? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I'll think about it. Right, what else okay. What have you got? We've also got um, arts and crafts. I don't quite know what that means, so that's going to be interesting. That's, what um, kind of arts and crafts are we going to be doing? I believe that is similar to what Summer has been doing with her activity workshops. So um, sort of recycling materials into new fun and wonderful things for um, based on the POWs when they used to use sort of discarded resources. Like okay, so you're talking prisoner crafts, aren't you? Yeah. Which is nice. All right. I'm going to carry on doing tank talks, which we've been doing all summer um, but in the new hall. But they're not all tanks, are they? No, they're not all tanks. Finally, someone's listened. That's good news. Yeah, we don't. We only have one tank in the tank hall. Um, the rest of our track vehicles are reconnaissance vehicles or CVRT. Which is why it's called a heritage hall, not a tank hall. I don't know if that's the reason, but okay. Um, and new for this year 
is Summer's Spooky Tales, which I have no idea what that's going to be about because that sounds terrifying, so I'm not going to get involved too much. You're going to tell us what they are. She's going to be going through some um, true crime stories from World War II, um, basing them in different display huts that are relevant. For example, um, she'll be going to the blackout and talking about different um, blackout ghostly tales. I don't want to give too much away because she's very excited about this. Yeah, I'm not going. They sound scary. That's fine. Okay, and then finally, good old Summer's going to be busy because she's also doing some guided tours of a prefab and the site, isn't she? Mm -hmm. So she's going to have her hands full, Um, but she'll be okay. I think she really enjoys it. So she'll be doing before and after tours of what the camp used to look like in the 1940s against the present day. So we found some photographs that fit perfectly to what it looks like now, and we'll hold them up against each other and people can see the differences in the progress we've made. Mm-hmm. That sounds good, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Nice girl to learn a little bit more, a little bit more of a personal touch. Yeah. That sounds good. And next year, what can we look forward to? Oh, who knows about next year? Next year is going to be great fun. So we'll have two working tanks. That sounds good already. And um, we'll have a crocodile probably in a thousand pieces. So hopefully we'll have a crocodile story to tell everybody and be able to tell everyone what our croc did or how it works and what it did. Um, we might have a Burma back. We've certainly got the Falkland CVRT. What's the Burma? So the Burma is a Burma Jeep. Um, right. We've been restoring that with a different company for a couple of years now, 18 months, I should say. Have I seen that? I don't think no, I've you've seen not that. seen the Burma. Um, That's been gone a while then. Yeah, it's been gone a little while. It's been going on quite a while. Um, but basically, that is on the, the right road to recovery, so that's good news, so that could be back, and that's a very rare thing. Um, and again, the T-34 will be back. Mm-hmm. Who knows who's next? La- this year we did Tank Fest, like I said, that went down very well. Um, we would like to do that again, I think. It would be good to showcase, um, maybe not the Sherman this time, but maybe something different. Um, also, we'd like to do some of the other shows perhaps this year because we all enjoy going to the show, so Yorkshire Wartime and all that sort of good stuff um, for the, of course, summer holidays and beyond. And if there was any vehicle on site that you would want to restore, which would it be? So we've already done the Sherman. That was, that was the, the that boy was for me. Yeah, I liked, I've always liked the Sherman. Um, anyway, um, I quite fancy the Croc. Uh, the Croc is fairly rare. Well, mm-hmm. super rare, really, I suppose. Um, I'd like to have a go at mixing some of the flame gel <laughs> to see if we could... I think it's a good working demo, so we could show everyone how it works, as long as we could do it safely. I'm picturing, like, Vaseline is what it looks like, but dark. No. Oh. It's more liquid than Vaseline. Oh, it's just when you say gel. Yeah, yeah. I would try, I'm trying to make sure everyone understands that it's sticky rather than a liquid. Right, so like honey? Yeah, like honey. Okay. That's a good idea. That's well, yeah, well put. Like that kind of consistency. I think, anyway, I've never made any. Um, that's just what I've read, but it would be nice to have a go at making some. Because mm. um, we've also been doing firing demos with our half track now that we've got that firing. Um, so we've, we've got that nice little area that we can make sure everyone's safe so they can see some stuff. So, yeah, a little bit of flame gel might be good for. I'm only talking like a syringe full, not like a whole <laughs> cannon full of it or anything crazy, but. I think it would be interesting to see the difference for stickiness made. Um, So yeah, that's what I'm fancying. So yeah, hopefully the crocodile, uh, I reckon we'd like to get our teeth into that this winter and and see how we go. So 
today I'm going to do the outro to the podcast because my voice is so lovely with my cold. Um, I'd like to say thank you to everyone for listening to me waffle on with this horrible voice. Um, and hopefully you get next tune in next month to speak to us, <laughs> which will be even better. Um, so you can all hear about the, uh, the Be Amazing Arts production of Peter Pan taking place in our Heritage Hall, which sounds great. Mm-hmm.